Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for September 6th, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Before I get into uh, this weekend's uh, MMA shows, uh, I've got one new video up on the blog. I posted it on Monday. It is Riho versus Hikaru Shida from Saturday's AEW show. And if you didn't get a chance to see that show, uh, it's worth checking out the match. Um, So here's what it is. Earlier in the show, they did a battle royal, and the winner of that battle royal will face the winner of this match for the AEW Women's Championship on their first TNT show. Now, the battle royal winner was Nyla Rose, who will remind you of Nia Jax or Impact Wrestling's Jordan Grace. I might also add she's transgender. First of all, wrestling promoters are copycats. So the other thing is, you know, I understand the need to do a transgender wrestler for publicity reasons. The problem is she isn't very good. Anyway, so the, th- here, the deal here is that Riho pinned Nyla in a recent multi-person match when commentary immediately made a big deal about that. I knew Riho was going over. And, and I guess... AEW looks at the size difference as intriguing, but it's a dead end because Riho announced a few weeks ago that she's remaining in Japan and will freelance. So she's not signing with AEW. Guys keep trying to tell me that they don't believe that, but she announced it. I didn't announce it. All right. Now, Hikaru signed a three-year contract, and she is moving to the U.S. after her final Japanese match on October 15th. So... Commentary mentions that, but nothing about Riho. So they're not telling fans that she's only got two dates left. All right? And so that's, to me, that's a problem. You're putting her in a main event match for the title, in a title match for the title, and you know she's not staying. All right? Or they know she's not staying. Okay. So the big problem with this match is the commentary. The match itself is fine. Okay? A couple of things I didn't like about it. But for the most part, it was okay. Just not enough heat, I guess. Um, what they need to do is they need to find someone who knows Joshi Poreresu. Okay? I know Kenny Omega is knowledgeable, but he's not a commentator. But as beloved as Jim Ross is, not only does he not know Joshi, but he doesn't come across well. He, comes, he sounds like a dope. Okay? And the other guys are clearly reading from notes given to them. Okay, they they don't even they can't even give you any history because they really don't know what it is and they're not told what it is. You have to have somebody there who actually knows. All right, that's what they need. So if the AEW is going to showcase Joshi the way Tony Khan says he wants to, because that's what he said after the show, he needs to find announcers who are knowledgeable. All right, and I don't know if there is anybody. Okay. Maybe you should hire me. <laughs> now, right now, the commentary is half-assed. And you're not going to get these girls over with guys who don't know how to do it. All right? Now, the match itself is fine. I've seen both women do better. I, I will say this. This move at the end of the show where the wrestler holds onto the ropes while the other wrestler does a foot st- diving, uh, a foot stomp is one of the phoniest moves in the wrestling business. They all do it 
They all do it in Japan. Every Joshi wrestler in Japan does that move because they like the look of it. But the fact is, we're not stupid. We know it's a phony move. It looks like crap. All right? So anyways, I hate that move. But that's right at the end of the match. That's one of the reasons I didn't like it. So I would have liked to have seen Hikaru go full-blown heel and beat the crap out of Riho before losing. I mean, I knew she was going to lose. So look, you saw how Yoshirai got over as a heel. Hikaru can do that if they would let her. Okay? Now, the other thing that AEW is doing is a Britt Baker versus B. Priestley. And I don't know why that isn't the first title match. It's, it's an easy, hot build because, you know, they hate each other, right? Now, of course, later on, they may wish they had done that. Anyways, the video is up on my blog, so be sure to check it out. Now, tonight we have an Invicta show. And what they're doing on Invicta is another one of these tournaments, which they're calling Phoenix, Ri Phoenix Rising 2. So it's supposed to, it's a tournament this time for flyweight. Last time was strawweight. This time it's for flyweight where um, uh, the winner of this tournament is going to uh, get a flyweight title shot. Okay. Well, actually, that's what was intended last time, but then the flyweight champ went to the UFC. So, and so did the winner of that tournament. Now, um, this show is going to be on tonight at 8 p.m. on UFC Fight Pass. So, First of all, if you've already been listening to this podcast or reading my blog, you already know that I can't stand the format, okay? I have no problem with a tournament, but you can't do it this way, okay? You have to do it over a period of time. You'll notice that nobody else tries to do this, okay? Scott Coker did a, a, a tournament, one-night tournament one time, and he didn't like the way it worked. He didn't like the results. So he ended up not doing it again. He, is, he doesn't do it now. He does tournaments in Bellator. I think he's doing one now. But he does them over time, which is the way most promoters will do it, except maybe in Japan. Which, and the reason that why can they do them in Japan and not here? Because in Japan, there's no regulations. Okay? There's no athletic commission to tell them they can't do anything. All right? Here, they can't. what fans really want is a Japanese-style tournament with full fights. That's what they want, but the promoters in the U.S. can't do them, all right? Because the athletic commissions won't allow it. What the Kansas uh, Athletic Commission has told them is that the fighters can fight a maximum of five rounds, okay? So that means the... Um, uh, the first round fights are all one round, and so are the semifinals, and only the final round is, five, is, uh, three, is three rounds, okay? So this is the reason you have to do it over time, because, it, you know, one round fights? Who the hell wants to see that? Nobody. And, and what, what the, the Invicta people are misunderstanding, okay, is yes, Fans would like to see one-night tournaments pride style or K-1 style. We can't do that here. Okay? It's not allowed. Okay? So that's why you don't do it this way. All right. So there, let's talk about the four first round, round matches. My main problem with this tournament is there are too many retreads here. Okay? So first of all, uh, the first fight will have uh, Diana Torcado 
versus Milana Dudieva. Uh, Diana is a Brazilian fighter. She's 9-3. She's new to Invicta. Milana we're all familiar with. She's a Russian, uh, formerly used to be in the UFC. I've known about her since before she was in the UFC. She stinks. She's an awful fighter. I don't understand why they hired her. It's, she's just terrible. She's just terrible. But, uh, you know, in one round, who the hell knows? The second fight is Deanna Bennett versus Liz Tracy. Same thing with Deanna as with Milana. She's just awful. Okay? She's just awful. And, uh, again, for whatever reason, Invicta really likes her. But I don't know why. Liz is a veteran fighter. She's been around a long time. She, I think she's had one fight in Invicta. And she lost the fight. So she's nothing special. The third fight is Miranda Maverick uh, versus Victoria Leonardo. Uh, I would uh, favor Victoria in that. Miranda is a young fighter, but uh, she's inconsistent. And the fourth fight is uh, Meiju Suotama versus Shana Young. And um, uh, Meiju is from uh, Finland, and she's been around a long time, but she's mostly fought in Europe. She did fight in a Strike Force Challenger show back in 2010, lost to Misha Tate. So she's been around a long time, but I'm not sure why you bring her in all of a sudden. Shanna recently appeared on the uh, Dana White uh, Tuesday Night Contender series, and she lost a bantamweight bout to Sarah Alper. Okay, so those are one-round fights. Now, one of the deals here is that whoever uh, gets the uh, quickest finish gets to choose her semifinal opponent. And then what they'll have later is the semifinal matches, and then the final, as I said, will be uh, three five-minute rounds. Okay, they have a couple of reserve fights as well uh, that I want to just uh, mention quickly. These two fights will also be one-round fights, and that's just in case somebody gets injured or something like that. Uh, Chantel Coates versus uh, Fiori Han, Fior, or Flor Honey. Okay, uh, Chantel Coates, uh, we saw her before. Um, she looks like an athlete, but she got beat her last time out. Not only that, she missed weight for this. It's this her second straight time missing weight. Okay, it's a lot worse this time, too. Uh, Flor Honey is, I think, from Venezuela or someplace like that. And, but she trains at um, um, Team Oyama in California, so she's a teammate of um, Carla Esparza, okay? And uh, she's mostly fought at strawweight. This is her uh, first time in Invicta. Okay, the other uh, uh, reserve bout is Kay Hansen versus Carolina Imenez. And uh, we've seen Kay before. She's a 4-3 record. My major... Uh, complaint about Kay Hansen is she tries to fight too much. She needs to um, uh, she needs to uh, fight less. Okay, she's young. That's why she does that. She thinks it's what she should do. She's wrong. Okay, Car I, I'm just not that impressed with her the way she's fought. Carolina is a newcomer to Invicta. She is from uh, South America. Okay. Uh, then we have two other fights on the main card. We have uh, at fly, also at, they're all all fights are at flyweight. Josie Stortz versus Helen Lucero. They're both Invicta newcomers. And the other fight is Alexa Connors versus Maria Agapova. Alexa 
Uh, we saw her in Invicta previously. She's nothing special. Maria we saw in Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, and uh, she didn't do so well either. So, And then you have the main event, the tournament final after that. Okay? So that's tonight at 8 p.m. on UFC Fight Pass. On UFC Fight Pass. You know, I don't know what the show is going to be like. I, as, as I said before, I, I don't care for the tournament format. Um, I, I would prefer that they do it over a period of months so you get, you know, you know real fight opportunities for the fighters and, and use it uh, to, to uh, promote up-and-comers. I think some of the fighters who are good don't want to do this format either. Okay? It's too fluky. If you catch my drift. All right, so that's tonight. Now, tomorrow afternoon, we have uh, UFC 242 at the Du Arena in Abu Dhabi. Okay? Now, so keep in mind that this is tomorrow afternoon. The um, Fight Pass prelims will begin, I think, at 10 a.m., and then you've got... um, uh, at 11 a.m., the uh, prelims, which uh, will air here on TSN. And then at 2 p.m. is the main card. Now, there's two women's bites, fights on the show. They're both on the prelims. Not fight pass prelims, but the prelims. So the first one is uh, at uh, flyweight Joanne Calderwood versus Andrea Lee. So should all be familiar with Joanne by now. She's from Scotland originally. She trains now at Syndicate MMA in, um, in Las Vegas. Now, in her last fight, Joanne could have, with a win, Joanne could have uh, gone into the title picture. Okay? Not that I think she'd ever beat Valentina Shevchenko, but she should have won that fight. She uh, lost to uh, Catelyn Chukagian, and she basically admitted that she messed up. Okay? Let's put it that way. Um, so we'll see how she bounces back here. But, uh, you know, there comes a point, you know, the inconsistency of Joanne is a big problem, in my opinion. Okay? It's like, stop thinking so much. Just fight. Now, Joanne's uh, fight style is primarily a uh, kickboxer. But uh, in her win over Ariane Lipsky, she actually showed some different things I hadn't seen from her before. Why she came back on that last fight and fought the way she did is beyond me. And she doesn't understand it either. And that's part of the problem. Her opponent here is Andrea Lee. Now, Andrea is got a, on a three-fight winning streak in the UFC. But I can't say she fought anybody really good. Okay? So the deal with her... You know, I talk about this all the time, about sex appeal in women's MMA. And Andrea Lee has a lot of sex appeal and charisma. There's no question about it. The question is, is she any good as a fighter? I don't know. Because she hasn't really beaten anybody all that good in the UFC. It's hard to tell. This is a big step up in competition level for Andrea. Okay? So, if she can win then maybe she's something. But it depends how she wins, too. If she wins in a dominant fashion, which I actually don't think she will, uh, then okay, fine. My guess is what we'll see here is uh, a kickboxing match, because neither of them are really strong on the ground. We'll see here a kickboxing match, and it'll be very close. 
and it'll go to a, you know a close decision or a split decision or something like that. Not sure if that really tell, will tell us anything about Andrea, but it depends. I mean, if she wins in a dominant fashion, that's great. I just don't see it. Okay. Now the other fight, uh, also on the prelims, is at bantamweight, and that is uh, Sarah Moras versus Liana Jojua. Okay. And uh, when I first saw this fight announced, I said to myself, wait a minute, Sarah Morass is from British Columbia, and they got a show coming up in Vancouver. Why the hell are they sending her to Abu Dhabi? <laughs> but my suspicion is if she loses here, she'll be gone from the UFC. Okay? She's on a three-fight losing streak, and in her last fight, boy, she didn't look good at all. Now, uh, Sarah uh, now trains in, uh, at the UFC Performance Institute in Las Vegas. I believe her boyfriend trains with her. He's also a fighter. And, you know, I, she just hasn't looked good. You know, and, and uh, you know, she's facing here uh, Liana Jojua, who's a, um, a UFC newcomer. But um, she's from uh, Kazakhstan, okay? And uh, in her last fight, she won the Fight Night Global Women's Bantamweight Championship. So, doesn't sound like she's a scrub, okay? Sounds like she, I mean, she's had some international experience as well. She's fought for Kunlun in China and uh, other places like that. Her record is 7-2. and two. So, you know, I think it's sink or swim for Sarah. If she wins, she stays. But if she loses... Bye. Good luck in your future endeavors. I shall probably get signed by Invicta, right? Anyways, that's, that, this show is tomorrow afternoon. There's no women's fights on the main show. They're just on the prelims. Okay. Now, uh, do I have anything else I want to comment on? Uh, I noticed yesterday, of course, that uh, Chris Cyborg, as expected, signed with Bellator, fully expected it. Uh, people don't know what they're talking about. The Bellator featherweight division is no more competitive than the UFC, okay? I'll tell you that right now. Uh, once she gets past uh, Julia Budd, who's the current champ, um, it's worse, all right? You saw that fight a few weeks ago. Julia Budd beat this uh, Olga Rubin from Israel. She's awful, okay? And so are the other fighters there over there. They're no better than what's in Bellator. So the real problem here isn't isn't uh, uh, Chris Cyborg or uh, Julia Budd or anybody. The real problem here is there aren't enough good 145-pound female fighters to have one division, let alone three, okay? And so the real, the real thing, the, the, the real thing is, is, like I said, if Chris Cyborg had dropped down to 135 like she had promised several years ago, then all these questions would have been answered. But it appears that she wants to uh, uh, beat tomato cans. People think that's okay. I do not. And uh, if that's what she wants to do, like I think she'll beat Julia Budd. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think Julia Budd is that good. So I think she'll beat Julia Budd. After that, I don't know. I don't know. There's nobody, there's nobody there. All right. They're worse than what's in the UFC. I'll tell you that right now. All right. So, 
you know, it's okay with me. Uh, you know, you have to remember. And, and I noticed after she signed yesterday, Dana White tweeted that, good, I'm glad I got rid of that liar. So he was not very happy with her because, as he explained, he offered her a rematch with Amanda Nunez, and she didn't want it. So for her to come afterwards and say, now I want it, on my terms, it's not how things work. Okay? And despite the way she behaves sometimes, she knows that. All right? So you want to be known as, as a tomato can killer or, or someone who beats up bantamweights? I have no problem with that. I don't like it, though. All right. Anyways, that's it for today. Be back on Sunday uh, with uh, uh, the two UFC fights. Um, again, don't forget to check out my blog for that video. I'd, I'd check it out. If you didn't get a chance to see it, it's worth taking a look uh, of that particular match. All right. That's frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments uh, uh, or, or anything like that, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you Sunday.